What's going on, good looking? This is Chris Mitchum, your host of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast, and thank you for tuning in to the episode of this year's leagues. Now, I know what you're thinking, Chris. Wasn't this episode filmed back in, like, February? And you would be correct. We did film this the first week of February, which means the first part of this episode has your Super Bowl predictions, your raw reaction to the Colts missing out on the playoffs, and your kind of real-life superlative rewards of the NFL season, who the most surprising player was, who the most disappointing player was, etc., all before you get to the Leagues celebration ceremony. So if you want to skip all of that good stuff, if you just want to fast forward right to around the half hour mark, that is when the leagues begin in earnest. We were debating on whether to keep the old stuff, and we thought, hey, why not? We were all spot on with our predictions at the Super Bowl, and you'll have to listen to find out if that's true or not. But if you do want to bypass all of that, if you get to around the 30-minute mark, that should take care of you to sit down, relax, and enjoy the 2022 leaguey ceremony. Thanks again for listening, guys. We genuinely appreciate it. Love you. Carson Wentz better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. Y'all boys ready for this? Power the folks that's gathered around. Bowl the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun. A lot of surprise, but give it up for the guys in this week. Oh, and who day? Who day, baby? What's going on, everybody? It has been a minute or an hour, depending on how you look at it. A lot has happened since you've last heard our voices, but we're here and we have a great show for you. And yes, you are listening to the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. We have missed all of your faces. And you have the usual group this week. It's your boy, Chris, owner of Team Fairlife. I usually go to our other guests first, but I'm going to save him for last. We got Aaron Hunt, owner of Let Russ Cook, and of course, your 2021 This League champion. Aaron, how we doing? Appreciate the intro to that, Chris. Still pretty fresh. Uh, thankfully, you guys don't have to see the trophy in the background. I'm at my parents' place, so I was gonna bring that out oh, to uh, nice. to play if I was there. But doing well, man. Doing good. Gearing up for uh, this Super Bowl coming up a couple weeks. Maybe the only way you could feel better than being a this league champion. Let's get it up for him, Aaron. Our other host, Tim Raider. Owner of the Mix Administration and also a diehard Bengals fan. Who day, baby? How we feeling, man? Unreal. It still doesn't feel real, and at the same time, I'm just trying to enjoy every minute that I can because these these don't come every every year. You know, hopefully they will for us for the next decade or so. But also, you know, gotta enjoy it while it's here. I know. I know, I know Aaron said it up before the show, but we wanted to save it for the pod. Aaron, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask Tim, and maybe I'll set the scene for him. So let's just take it back to the rookie draft, right? We're in the Salesforce Tower up on the 40-something floor. Let's say I came up to you at that You're point. You're taking Trevor and, Lawrence over Javante Williams. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we're rewinding all the way back to some bad decisions. But um, if I were to ask you then, Tim, 
or or even just state, hey, the Bengals are going to make the Super Bowl. What would your thoughts have been? This season, this preseason, I, I would not have believed you. I, I was a huge uh, believer all year long that this was the year we should make the playoffs. But even then, I wasn't completely confident all year long. It, it took a while, a couple of wins to build that confidence because Joe Burrow, you know, he's the guy. If he's the guy, the Super Bowl window opens with him being taken on draft night. You've got five years on a rookie deal that you got to get it done before you got to pay the man millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. So I, I framed this year as being one year away. I thought we should make the playoffs this year. Uh, but by no means did I think we were going to the Super Bowl. Not didn't think we were going to beat the Chiefs two times in four weeks, go to Tennessee and win with Derrick Henry back. I mean, it's just been a, a wild postseason. Uh, but also, I mean, Joe Burrow's that guy and Zach Taylor and the guys in Cincinnati, Duke Tobin and all of them have built a squad uh, that just loves playing for each other and playing for their team. And it's, it's been, uh, I don't, I don't know, emotional, I guess. I believe it, it's man. It's been a ride. You guys have been yeah. bad for so long. <laughs> now, I know. now you have Joe Burrow, who like my girlfriend is falling in love with, and I'm sure I'm not the only boyfriend <laughs> that's feeling that way around the country. Um, but he's just the epitome of swag, man. He's just got it all. I mean, I, I was looking back the other week, and the first time I can remember cheering for the Bengals, John Kitna was the quarterback towards the end of his career. Then we had the Carson Palmer era with Chad Ochocinco. Uh, you know, a lot of letdown years there. Andy Dalton and AJ Green never could get over the hump. Marvin Lewis. He was he was good, but then also time to go. Um, and so I mean, never this a losing a season. Three year turnaround for Zach Taylor. This is his third year as a head coach. That you know, it, it just goes to show that you get the quarterback and all else falls in place. How many how many games did Joe Burrow play last year? Uh, he got hurt in his tenth game, so okay. he played nine. So I, I want to say, or it was eleventh, and he played ten. Because you could argue that hey, it's technically his rookie season, but I guess he he played over half a season. Last year, but still, even as a sophomore, coming right, off of yeah. a major knee surgery, just dude, yep. shout out yeah, to that it, guy. It's, it's been unreal, and it's unreal. been a ride too with our friends. Just being able to go to your place last couple weeks, I think the highlight of last week especially was just seeing your heart rate increase just steadily as the last plays unfolded, and, and when staying up there, yeah, hitting like one seventy at one point, oh, it was big time. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun watching with all the this league pod members and friends and family because you know, like I say, I usually watch games alone, but this time it's been uh, get the emotions, get riled up, everybody. Like it's been a lot of fun watching with everybody. Because who the heck wants to watch Bengals games usually, right? Right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, who day, uh, Aaron? I I haven't asked the question yet, um, but I guess we're we're forced to. This is the first time we're potting since. The conclusion of the NFL season. So, um, did uh, did Carson Wentz suck penis the last time he played? He really did. Oh, uh, God, you think you know a guy, and then um, <laughs> he just took it to a whole new level of just. I mean, he really. <laughs> owned that phrase i mean 
just the Jaguars were the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Jaguars. Their defense just looked like the '85 Chicago Bears somehow, and Carson Wentz looked pretty incompetent. I think he kind of looked like the kids in the Peyton Manning skit when Peyton was throwing the ball over the field (laughs) and just teeing off on kids. Um, That was Carson, man. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what I was. (laughs) Gosh, man. I I don't know what was going on, but, and honestly, he's just been, he's been sucking penis the whole off season. I mean, Ballard came out and was, you know, didn't give him any boat of confidence that, He'd be there next year. They're looking at draft prospects with their second round pick. It's not looking good for the I'm, Colts. I'm going to say it, dude. Imagine Joe Burrow on the Colts. I, I think I could argue that the Colts' roster overall is better than the Bengals. Absolutely. I think, I I think I Tim would that. agree with that. I think, yeah, shooting from the hip, I'd take Joe Burrow, obviously, and I'd take our receiving core by a mile. Uh, but you guys got the defense um, and, and obviously Jonathan Taylor greater than Joe Mixon. Not, not like a, a landslide margin, but I think yeah. that's a fair fair thing to say. I'd, I'd take our quarterback and receivers. But yeah. and we got freaking what? Uh, three pro bowlers on defense, two pro bowlers on defense, something. I don't know. Yeah, Darius- we have seven total. Um, yeah. Darius Leonard, arguably top two linebacker in the league. So I don't know. It's that's frustrating, man. I feel bad for Jonathan Taylor. I had to wait a couple weeks to watch that final Hard Knocks episode. It was it was tough. All right. Well, that's enough of that's enough of real football. Well, not yet actually. So in today's agenda, uh, of course, we got your main entree, the leagueies 2021-2022. We're gonna get into that. Everything that you've been waiting for. Um, but before we do that, we're gonna get into some some real life fantasy player superlatives. You hear that? Nailed it. Um, but before we do that, drink of the week. That's important. I am personally like kind of thirsty right now. So obviously I am satisfying my thirst with a high noon. Nothing crazy. Something refreshing. Something to get the taste buds going. It's delicious. Black cherry. Mm. <laughs> and uh, on my side... Got some H2O that I'll be drinking. And uh, the main reason for that is I'm going to be down in good old Bloomington, Indiana tomorrow. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, going to be watching the IU basketball game and then hitting up some of the nightlife down there. So who they play? Hope I don't die. Who they play? Uh, Illinois at home, a really big game. Illinois uh, comes in 18th in in the country. The fighting Illini. Kobe yes, Cochran. sir. Dude, that guy's an animal. I'm scared. <laughs> All right, Tim, what are we sipping on, man? Oh, uh, we're coming off of a long week of month close at work and finals next week. So I'm taking advantage of a relaxed night with some Charleston bourbon whiskey. Ooh. Heavy pour. Three fingers. Three finger pour. Gotta love it. All right, let's break into some real life fantasy player superlatives. We're going to go through these real quick just so we can reflect on the year that we just had this nuts fantasy football year where nothing seemed to make sense. 
So we have three big categories here. Who is our personal fantasy player of the year? Who was our biggest letdown fantasy player of the year? And who was the biggest surprise? Who who really kind of maybe established themselves for the future? So Tim, go ahead and kick us off with the fantasy player of the year. All right. Yeah. So fantasy player of the year, you think, you know, the high end guys, high performing, you had high expectations in the off season and they hit them uh, potentially could have come out of nowhere. But for the most part, these, these are guys that you, you were really leaning on for your fantasy performance this year. Um, and I'm just going to go, I'm, it's not even going out on a limb by any stretch of the leans, but my fantasy player of the year undoubtedly is Cooper cup. Undoubtedly. The man was wide receiver one by a mile. He had 439 fantasy points, number one standard, number one PPR, 16 touchdowns. I mean, just a guy that week in and week out, if you had to play Cooper Cup, it was just like, a, oh, it could be it. You know, that that's my uh, fantasy player of the year. I'll kick that one off. Dude, imagine if like a team had him that could like play him every week. Like surely that team is like in the playoffs. He could probably individually play you. No way if you have Cooper Cup. You worst have come to worst, the maybe worst they're a one piece away team. Yeah, right. You know, like no way you have the worst record in the league if you have Cooper Cup and your team, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Tough, Hayden. You, if you're shopping them around, call me up, big man. Um, no, I'll go next, and I think you are absolutely right. Cooper Cup is the obvious answer. I think if I had to maybe give a Honorable mention to somebody, it'd be Debo Samuel. Because remember that, remember that Michael yeah. Thomas year three years ago when we were like, oh my God, that's the gold standard of wide receivers. That is the best wide receiver we've ever seen. Broke the single season single season receiving record. Debo Samuel eclipsed that this year with his point total. And of course, he finishes the wide receiver two, Cooper Cup, the wide receiver one. So that tells you again how just insane Cooper Cup was. But Debo Samuel, man, from where his position was before this. We knew that Cooper Cup could have been, you know, a really solid stud with Matthew Stafford. Obviously not this level. But Debo Samuel, it was just like, oh, this is Brandon Ayuk's team now. You know, so he kind of comes mm-hmm. back, reminds everybody that, hey, listen, I am one of the best athletes in the NFL. Um, and really showed it with a wide receiver two finish. Is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? The world may never know. But I got to agree with you. It's got to be Cooper Cup. Just to put that in perspective, yeah, good good uh, call there. Cup had over 130 more fantasy points over the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> more than Debo Samuel. I want to look up how much he would have outscored Michael Thomas three years ago. Just just I to put it in perspective. try to put that up for us. That's nuts. Aaron, real quick, who you got for fantasy player of the year? Yeah, both of your choices are great. I mean, I think Cooper Cup is the clear cut, you know, number one in my mind, but to be contrarian, I think I I'll roll with talking about Mark Andrews for a second. Um, I just don't think people really realize uh, what Mark Andrews did this year. Um, I think he solidified himself over Kelsey over Kittle as the dude at the position. Like he's going to come in as number one next year, at least in my preseason rankings. And I mean, the stats don't lie. He had 107 receptions, 153 targets. Those both are number one in his category. 1,361 yards receiving. It's 200 more than Kelsey. And he had nine touchdowns, which was tied for first in the league. Uh, 
And honestly, he carried uh, in, in a lot of teams, uh, fantasy teams this year, as far as just his, you know, season, you know, game by game performances. Uh, I think he had a couple games where he was uh, over 40 or flirting with 40. So um, Zach definitely benefited from having him on his team and looking forward to seeing him next year. Yeah, he was absolutely caring for a while. And it's kind of crazy to think that Travis Kelsey didn't finish as the tight end one. Like, it's kind of nuts. It was Mark Andrews. Exactly. Yeah, quick quick research there on Michael Thomas there. Cooper Cup had about 440 points this year. Michael Thomas's year was 373. So that's almost 70 points that's more than Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas only had nine touchdowns that year. And again, Cup had 16. Oh, my God. Because literally, think back three years ago, we were talking about one of the greatest single-season wide receiver fantasy years in the history of ever. And Cooper Cup just comes in and says, move over, slant boy. That is – that's nuts. All right. So I think we're all pretty much in agreement that it is Cooper Cup. He should be getting all of the awards from all of the fantasy shows for the stuff that he's been doing down there in L.A. So let's go down to the biggest letdown. Aaron um, kind of set us up here. Uh, for who would receive the quote-unquote award for the biggest letdown. Yeah, so there was definitely a few options here that I think I could roll with. Um, But I think just based off of where you draft him and what you expect of him, I'm going to roll with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I feel like that name recognition is just something that it's really hard to bench him. And I feel like where you drafted him and just what you were projecting for him to do for your team, he didn't show up in the slightest. And, uh, you know, there's part of the story that he wasn't healthy fully and he battled through some injuries and eventually just wasn't able to go on Sundays. But even when he was out here, he just didn't look the same. And maybe it's just the age cliff is starting to finally catch up to him a little bit, but uh, he really just, I feel like was not himself this year. Um, And really the Arizona offense as a whole wasn't themselves this year. Kyler struggled at times, but I just, there's a lot of question marks with him going into next season. And I know, especially for Tim's team, he really hurt him some weeks. Absolutely. Tim has the DeAndre Hopkins owner. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'll I'll defend him a little bit. He played in 10 games on, 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 this year he left early in two of them so he played less than half of the games this year so yes biggest letdown uh contender but largely due to injury um i mean yeah the previous four years he finished as a wide receiver four four two and one so this year 45 uh being 29 years old you think most receivers can maintain elite status until 31 i would say is kind of the number so next year is going to be huge for a bounce back where that might be the end for D hop. We'll, we'll really know next year. Um, that being said for my vote for the biggest letdown, I'm gonna have to go in on one of your boys, Chris, I'm gonna have to go with Saquon Barkley. I mean, he came off an ACL tear, but that's, you know, a, a injury that people can bounce back from. If it was a redraft league, he'd still be going in the first round. He was highly drafted. Uh, finished as the running back 30 in PPR, uh, 3.6 yards of carry, only two rushing touchdowns. Had decent receiving production, 41 receptions, uh, two touchdowns again, but 
nowhere near the bounce back we were hoping for. You know, Saquon was still being drafted as a RB1, and he's a fringe RB3 at best. I think that that would uh, quantify it for me. I'm going to defend him too, okay? <laughs> All right. No, it, you're totally right. And, like, red flags were truly up after week one when he comes in and plays 48% of the snaps. I'm like, oh, God. Like, what are right. – God, we're not ready yet. Dude, week two through four, I was a believer again, man. <laughs> right. Uh, maybe not so much week two. We finished with nine fantasy points. But week three, 21. Week four, 28. Daniel Jones is finding him. He's getting seven, eight targets a game. Uh, he's mm-hmm. averaging, you know, four yards a carry. It's like, okay, he's back, baby. Let's do this. Just sheer involvement. And then he has that freak injury against Dallas where he steps on somebody's foot and rolls his ankle, and now he has a tennis ball in his ankle on the sideline. And then, of course, that knocks him out for another six weeks. You get back, and you have Mike Glennon and other people at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it's like his second straight year having the worst O-line in the league. So I, uh, I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, he did disappoint, let alone, and I think he's really kind of one of the things that's keeping my team back. And I'll go in here. I'm surprised I got him. I, I had him lined up to talk about him, but I figured one of you guys were going to talk about him. But I feel like it's got to be Allen Robinson, right? Like, what the hell happened? Like, you know, even before he hasn't had great quarterback play in Chicago, but, you know, 2020 finishes the wide receiver nine PPR. 2019 finishes the wide receiver seven. This year, wide receiver 81. Oh, so he must have missed a ton of games, right? He played 12 games, you know? So you got to at least still think you're going to be like a low-end wide receiver two at that point, you know? You know, week one, he had 11 targets, six catches. After that, he did not have a game with more than four catches the whole year. Just disappeared disappeared and like Hayden you know we, we make fun of him for having Cooper Cup and one piece away yada 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 if Allen Robinson was even remotely good you couldn't even play him after five weeks like you know most of the, yeah. most of those wide receiver ones you're like ah, he'll break out of it you know you still got to play with him stick with your studs like no he was so bad that you learned so fast that's just like you just can't play this guy I'm sorry it's Darnell Mooney's team now so uh as Aaron smokes. Yeah it is. Yeah it is. <laughs> so uh I I gotta go Allen Robinson. I fig I figured that was that's, that's a good argument right there. That's a good one. I mean he had two games above ten points. Yeah, he, he's I think the consensus for me, the bust of the year for sure. Um just wanted to go a different route, but I agree, Chris. I think it's it's just confusing above all else because the talent is still there. It's not a factor of age or anything. Yeah, I, so. I even watched some of the games, and you know his routes looked fine. I just don't think he was a focal point of the game plan, and I mean perhaps business may have, you know, a say in it. The NFL is a business first and foremost. I, and- I think I don't know anything about it. You know, I'm just shooting from the hip. I think there's part of him that did not like his QB situation in Chicago and mm-hmm. might have just been trying to stay healthy all year long to get into free agency. Yeah, that's a good theory. I, I don't know that his heart was in it this year playing with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. He, he needs Can you blame him? <laughs> Can you blame him? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, know. I feel like you need to at least try for Justin Fields, you know, give the young man something 
something to go off of. Yeah, come on, man. Who the hell put Calvin Ridley under biggest disappointment? You guys are mean. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I had Get him out of there. Get him out of there. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, the last one before we get into the main event, we're going to go into the biggest surprise. Obviously, you had some, yeah, it's kind of the second straight year where the rookies just came in to play, baby. The rookies did not mess around this year. Uh, but you also had some guys that maybe thought we were over the hump that came in and really kind of established themselves again as fantasy studs. I'll kick this one off. My biggest surprise, I'm not ready to call him elite. Um, I'm not ready to uh, induct him as a top 10 receiver in the league. But damn, he's spicy. And yes, I'm talking about the accountant, the young white man himself, (laughs) Hunter Renfro from the Raiders. And another reason why he's my biggest surprise I'll say it because everybody else thinks it, but nobody else wants to say it. Look at the guy. Mm-hmm. Look at him. You're telling me this man finished as the wide receiver 11 this year? You're telling me this guy in the latter half of the year, I'm seeing yard totals of 134, 102, 117. The last uh, nine weeks of the season, you got eight touchdowns. It's like, Dang, man. And obviously, I think the big storyline around him is Darren Waller was hurt. Henry Ruggs decided to be an idiot. So it's like, is that, is that you know, a, a, a result of that? Obviously, Zach will be asking, him that's, asking himself that question. But uh, for what Zach had to pay to buy him, he was a free agent going into this year. I think Zach got him week two on the waivers. And uh, returning wide receiver 11 value, even with Derek Carr as your quarterback in that offense, shout shout out Hunter Renfro, man. He is my biggest surprise of the year. Um, Aaron, I'll kick it over to you. That's a good shout, man. And it will be interesting to see in the offseason how that unfolds and who, who stays, who goes, the targets. But uh, for me, I'm going to go, I think, with Leonard Fournette. And the reason I'm going to go with that is because Steven would not be in the championship game if it wasn't for Leonard Fournette. I mean, I think I stand firmly on that just because of the situation he was in at running back, especially when James Robinson went down. What was it, week one that he had the torn Achilles? I mean, it was looking pretty rough. And uh, for Leonard Fournette to end the season as the RB6, and this is something I didn't know in until I researched it, he only had 180 rushing attempts on the season, which was by far the lowest in the top 10 by at least 20 carries. Well, okay, I take that back. Cordero Patterson at 153. But anyway, that's still a really low amount of totals as far as rushing. And he had like 69 receptions as well through the air. The dude was super consistent and was a focal point in the offense for Brady. I didn't see it coming. I don't think the fantasy community saw it coming. So shout out for uh, Steven having him on his team. I think it really helped him. If you want to see something super satisfying, go into Sleeper, look at Leonard Fournette's game log, and look at his receiving numbers. Oh, like the targets. I'm seeing nine, six, eight, eight, seven, seven, six, and they're all green. That is nice to look at for regular season Lenny, baby. 
both both good calls here. Uh, I'm going to go a different route. Biggest surprise. First, a quick shout out uh, to Jamar Chase. After that preseason, I was looking to sell. Like I can't to catch the ball. After, it's too big. After the guy couldn't catch a ball, <laughs> and he finishes as wide receiver five in PPR. Like maybe not the most consistent player week to week, but from where he started to where he finished the year, unreal. However, I think that this is a without a doubt the biggest surprise to me has got to be James Conner. The man's NFL career was over. He was going to go play one year in, in uh, Arizona, be a backup, and then probably retire, never get a gig again. And we were just going to kind of forget he had one good season in Pittsburgh, and that was going to be the story of James Conner. But no, he comes back, finishes RB5 on the year. Chase Edmonds goes down, and he just takes the reins and runs with it. And, I mean, you see point totals, like, above 30. He pushed 40. He's always above 20. Like, the man catches the ball, runs the ball, and scores touchdowns. He had 15 rushing touchdowns. Garrett Blunt-type year, man. It was nuts. Three receiving touchdowns, 18 total touchdowns. I mean, he was about a touchdown a week. Like, it was unreal watching this man. Like, Hayden, Hayden had him drafted, and he was on his roster. But, like, I 100% thought James Conner's career was over i didn't see a renaissance coming i thought that he was just you know riding off into the sunset but no he just like i said rb5 on the year um i just think the touchdowns and everything's obviously not maybe not repeatable but this year i think he was my biggest surprise how old do you guys think james connor is i'm gonna say 26 all right, he is 26. I was thinking he's like 28. I thought he. I feel like he's been around for a long time. <laughs> he has. Yeah, he has. I thought he was older coming into the league, but I, I guess he was on the younger side. Yeah. Hey, 26. So, you know, who know, who knows how much tread you got left on those tires? But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a really good shot. I think that would have been my second place behind Renfro, because um, I kind of like what you said. Just coming out of Pittsburgh, I kind of thought his career was over as well. So. I don't know. But there you have it. Looks like we have a consensus fantasy player of the year. Goes to Cooper Cup. Great year for that man. Of course, we had some differences on the surprises and the letdowns, but I think all were solid choices. I didn't even say at the beginning, but we want to hear what you think. Instagram, Twitter, this league underscore pod, where you can follow us there, sound off on who you think should win those superlatives am i saying it right superlatives superlatives like a cat a cat purrs very nice nice all right well it's time boys you guys know why you're here let's get into it your 2021 2022 leagueies All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Welcome in to the most prestigious night in all of fantasy sports. Settle in, grab your whiskey, grab your girlfriend or wife if you're in in Tim's shoes, and settle in for what's going to be a wonderful night of 
celebration and jeering and all that kind of stuff. And yes, I'm talking about the 2021-2022 Leagues Award Ceremony. I am your host for the evening, Chris Mitchum, along with my two beautiful colleagues, Aaron Hunt and Tim Rader. And we're going to break down some of the biggest awards that you are waiting for. Yes, of course, I'm talking about the player of the year, the draft pick, the biggest trade, everything that you guys are waiting for. You are about to hear the winners right now. Just for a little bit of background, this vote was within this league. Each person voted for each category to see who comes out on top and who takes home these leagues. Gentlemen, am I forgetting anything before we get this show on the road? Let's get into it. Let's go. All right. Well, your first award of the evening is, you know what? Let's start with team of the year. It's a big one, and it's a big one. And somebody's going to hear this, you're going to think, well, it's just going to be Aaron because he won, right? And as it should be, team of the year, yada, yada, yada. No, this is so much bigger than that. I think the 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 description said, you know, which team was the most exciting to track? Which team had the best storylines? Which team was simply the best regardless of their records? You can answer any of those questions. You can answer all those questions. But you had to vote for who was just the funnest team to track, man. Um, so each member of this league was up for this award. And uh, just going forward, I have the results in front of me. Uh, and we're going to have Tim and Aaron react and break them down as we go through. So before we go into it, guys, all everybody was up for it. Who would you guys vote for? What are you guys thinking this result's going to be? I do not remember who I voted for. I, ha- I feel like it's got to be Steven or Zach. I voted for Tim just because the, the transition your team went through and all these big trades, all these all-in trades you were making was just a whirlwind. It was crazy to keep up with. Yeah. I also don't remember who I voted for, but I have a feeling that it would be Zach just because of the storylines that we had and a lot of the fun that we were poking at him because we thought he was tanking. I guess he wasn't because he got into the playoffs. He won a playoff game. So my vote would be Zach. All right. Well, there you have it. Your first award of the evening, team of the year, goes to Cooking Up More and Zach Welch goes home with the team of the year, Leaguey. I think it's not too hard to see why. Aaron, you hit it right on the head. Was he tanking? Was he not? Nobody knows. But he had a hell of a ride, man. After some of those trades he went, people thought he was over. Next thing you know, he's in the playoff semifinals. Very well deserved, Zach. Congratulations. Ah, uh, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> For reference, he had 50% of the vote. Second, second place with 40% of the vote was Aaron in Let Russ Cook. So I guess hey, people were kind of people were kind of uh, giving you some credit for the for the title, and then one vote uh, was for Tim in the Mixon administration. So I wonder who voted for that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Thanks, if you're, Chris. Well, let's move on to the next category. Um, if you're going to have the team of the year, of course you have to have the biggest di- disappointment. Gonna give that one a fart right there. The name says it all. This team had so much hope, so much excitement. So much potential only to crash and burn. And again, obviously, the common consensus would be like, well, it would be Hayden because he had the worst record, or it would be Clayton because he, who knows what he's doing. 
But again, we kind of left it open for everybody. So your nominees were The Red Rocket and Clayton, Country Roads Take Mahomes and Hayden, Team Don Perignon and Don, and Tim and the Mixon Administration. How are we feeling about this one, gentlemen, before we jump in here? I think I'll take this one and I'll just, you know, I'll set that leaguey up on the up on the shelf and I'll look at it all off season just to get better. <laughs> I mean, it it just just describes my team to a T. I think I, I think I'll disagree, Tim. I feel like, you know, worst player of the year. I feel like a lot of people in their mind would just think, okay, well, on paper, which team should have done way better and then which team just really didn't perform based off of that. And I mean while your team didn't perform up to that necessarily, I feel like you had some, you know, luck that just didn't bounce your way from time to time. So I, I think it'll go to Hayden. I really do. I just because of the record. And then also just the fact when you look at his team on paper, it really doesn't look all that bad. And then it's just, he just did not perform whatsoever. So that'd be my vote. All right. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, your quote unquote winner for the biggest disappointment leaguey of 2021 goes to it is Mr. Who Day themselves, Tim Raider and the Mixed okay. Administration. Hey, I'll uh, I'll gladly trade a biggest disappointment year in fantasy for a Super Bowl ring. So let's go, Bengals. All my uh, happiness is riding on you. He got six votes. Tim got six votes. For the biggest disappointment, uh, the Red Rocket was in second place with two. Hayden and Don both had one. I personally voted for Don because of all of that lineup mishaps he was having. Mm, this yeah. man could have made the playoffs. Yeah. We know his roster's okay. Have. And now you're losing a first-round pick. <laughs> so, um, exactly. So, I that was disappointing for me. But I, I can't argue with, with the Tim one. That's... There was certainly certainly some heartbreak there. Uh, do you guys remember who won uh, biggest disappointment last year? Was it Clayton? Was it you? No, it's got to be Clayton. It's got to be Clayton's team was so high in the preseason last year. It was Hayden. It was the Big Ben Revenge Tour. Uh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, I guess you know. I remember last year he was top three, top four, seemingly all year, and then just collapsed. <laughs> So maybe that. Well, hey, that didn't make it back to back. Didn't make it back to back this year. Did not make it back to back. All right, Tim. Congrats on your leaguey. On to the next one. We have the comeback player of the year. Your nominees were Aaron and Let Russ Cook going seven and six last year to a ten and four record with the nut this year. You had your boy Team Fairlife going from seven and six to ten and four and a playoff spot as well. Cooking up more, which is kind of like a in-season comeback, going from quote-unquote tanking to the playoff semifinal. Um, obviously, he had a not the best start to the year, but obviously he was able to rally and get back pretty well. And of course, you had Mount Passmore, who started off the year one and three, going all the way to the ship. Um, the winner of this league last year was Anthony. And team uninspired youth. I remember last year he had yeah. he had a rough start and came back and obviously made it all the way to the ship then. So yeah. uh no chance to repeat for him this year. But uh 
I I don't know about you guys, but I've I personally voted for Aaron. I feel like, you know, he had a disappointing exit last year, just squeaked into the playoffs last year, but then his team really rounded into form, going all the way to the nut. Tim, who remember who you voted for here? I took Zach's team for comeback player of the year. I mean, not just the tanking, but I think to end the season, he rattled off five wins in a row to he get did. into the playoffs. Yep. Um, and it, it was just an unreal finish to the year for, for him to uh, be able to do that. Yep. I also took Zach as well. I think, uh, yeah, he definitely earned this award. So I think he's going home the second league. All right. Well, you heard it. Let's get into the results here. Your winner of the comeback player of the year for the 2021 season is it is Zach it is team cooking up more again going from a tanking to a playoff semi-final with five votes one vote behind was Mount Passmore going from one and three to the championship Um, he had four votes Aaron had one your boy had zero which it's the way it should have been. Um, I just needed another person to round out the nominees. So I, I got <laughs> I like the math here on our on our notes here, where Chris went from six and seven somehow to nine and five. You had two losses eradicated, and same for Aaron from seven and six to ten and four. Also had two losses eradicated. That's impressive, guys. <laughs> hey, math is hard, man. I'm, I'm looking at the survey Good monkey. <laughs> Quick maths. I'm in law. I'm in law school, man. I don't do the math. <laughs> All right, Carry Zach. On. Congrats on your second leaguey. It's in the mail, except not really. But just imagine so. All right. Um, the next one we're getting into the tangibles here. Now we have the waiver wire move of the year. Of course, opportunity and treasure await each year in the waiver wire minds. Who struck gold this year and should walk home with the waiver wire move of the year? Your nominees. Week one, Team Don Perignon drops 50 fab on Elijah Mitchell. Ended up being a great pickup. We have, after week two, cooking up more. Picks up my surprise player of the year for $8 fab. Hunter Renfro after week two. After Also after week two, Country Roads Take Mahomes picks up Cordero Patterson for $20 fab. After week three, Team Uninspired Youth picks up Dawson Knox. Ends up being a top eight tight end for free after week three, $0 fabs. And, of course, Let Russ Cook. I put this one in here because I remember how big he was down for you on the stretch run on the way to the championship. Let Russ Cook selects Kirk Cousins for 33 fab after week eight. He ended up being a great stopgap for you and Russell Wilson. Anybody want to take a guess on who won this last year? Ooh. Oh, it was James Robinson, Stephen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. You are correct. It was James Robinson for, was it zero fab? I'm looking. It, $5 fab in the yeah, preseason. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, the winner of last year was also Mount Passmore, but it was Justin Herbert. After week oh three, my. he Dang. got him for $3 fab. Sheesh. That looks really good now, too. Jeez. Quarterback of the future. Dang. $3 in fab. Wow. Especially with Grady retiring now. Um, mm-hmm. Great pickup. All right. Uh, well, let's get into this one here. Lots and lots of great options, but only one winner. Your winner 
the waiver wire move of the year goes to with five votes, 50% of the votes, and your third leaguey. It goes to Zach Welch and cooking up more. $8 fab on Hunter Renfro after week two. And I can see why. $8 fab for the wide receiver, 11. And second place was Elijah Mitchell, $50 fab from team, from team Don uh, after week one. And in third place with two votes was Country Roads, Take Mahomes, and Cordero Patterson. How'd you guys vote on this one? This, this is a close one. I, I think I voted Don. Uh, I, I put 45 on Elijah Mitchell. I was very disappointed I didn't get him. But it takes some cojones, I think, to drop half your fab budget after week one. Um, and then was just a very solid player all year long and young running back. So I, I picked Don for that one. Yeah, I think I picked Cordero Patterson, if I'm not mistaken. I just – the impact that he had and just – he was basically written off for dead uh, before the season. So the fact that he had such an impact and the trades that happened to all of the factors that went into it, I just thought it was a decent pickup. Yeah. Obviously I went Hunter Renfro. Uh, I think for $8 fab, that, that's hard to beat, man. Cheaper than both Cordero and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and probably understandably so, but again, it'll be interesting to see how he goes next year. Um, Zach currently cleaning up at this award ceremony now, right now, his third leaguey going into the, uh, the fifth award of the night. And it's a big one. It is trade of the year. Um, obviously the, this league trade ring was very busy this year. Definitely no shortage of nominees. Uh, but we had to narrow it down to six and I'll go through these very quickly. We had during the draft, Aaron received, Don's 2021 first-round pick, which ended up being Kyle Pitts in return for his entire 2022 draft, which now looks pretty good, being that you now have the 110, the 210, and the 310. So that's pretty good. Uh, also during the draft, Tim received Joe Mixon in the 2021 second, which ended up turning into Justin Fields, while Kyle received Josh Jacobs. All right. Uh, <laughs> in the, Happy in the, with that one. Yeah. Um, in the preseason, uh, your boy received TJ Hawkinson, a 2022 first round pick and a 2020, or excuse me, a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 first round pick from Steven, while Steven received Clyde Edwards Alaire, the running back from the Kansas City Chiefs. After week five, this was a big one. Tim received Chris Godwin, Aaron Jones, a 2024 second round pick while Zach received Javante Williams, Trey Sermon, a 2022 first-round pick, which ended up being the 103, and a 2023 second-round pick. Whew, a lot of big movers there. The big one, I think we labeled this one the trade hurt around the league. The Tim received Jonathan Taylor, LaVisca Chenault, a 2022 third, and a 2023 third, in return from Don, who received Chris Godwin, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, a 2022 second, and a 2024 first round pick. And then after week nine, again, I think is one of those moves that Aaron did towards the end of the year that really kind of solidified his championship push. Aaron received Deontay Johnson from Hayden, who received a 2023 first round pick and a 2023 second round pick. 
Whew, that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. I voted for the Jonathan Taylor one. Um, I, Me too. Yeah, that was... Me as well. Me as well. That, that was huge. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, anybody want to guess who won this award last year? You remember? Oh, man. Give us a hint. Uh, me and Don. Oh, the Josh Allen trade. Josh Allen. Yep. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. It went, uh, it was actually pretty as a landslide last year. Don received a 2021 first round pick, which actually ended up being the pick he traded to Aaron. So it's kind of crazy how that works. Uh, wow. 2021 first round pick and Damian Harris. And I received Josh Allen and a 2022 second round pick. All right. Enough of that. Trade of the year. This is a big one. Everybody wants a trade of the year, but only two teams can take it home. The winner of the trade of the year is. It is Tim. It is Don. And it was the trade heard around the league with 80% of the vote. The trade that sends Jonathan Taylor to Tim, while Tim arguably gives up his soul <laughs> to Don in return. Uh, and second place, and the only other trade receiving two votes, was also the Tim trade, and there was one with Zach that included Javante, Chris Godwin, Aaron Jones, all that good stuff. The, f- the former doesn't happen without the latter. That is true. And again, that's that's why you were my vote for Team of the Year, man. You just... We're making I was I, wheeling and dealing money moves, so, man. I think I think Don and I will take this one. I remember the trade ring after where uh, it was it was kind of a split decision. Both Don and I, you know, I, I was thinking I was going to be make a playoff run, and Don was going to accelerate his uh, kind of future building where he had a bunch of draft picks and not a whole lot of players. So I mean, this was relatively an even trade, and it'll be interesting going into next year to see how these players perform. Absolutely. Any surprises for you there, Aaron? No, I don't think so. I feel like Tim's trades were – they had all, everything he wanted, right? Star power picks, just like, you know, the tilting of powers that be in the league. Just – it was it was cool to see. It was mid-season, got to make a move. Yeah. Had everything you wanted in a trade, man. Very well-deserved winner. Let's move on to the next league. We have Game of the Year. Of course, there were no shortage of storylines and nail biters this season, but a few games stood above the rest. There were four nominees that deserved the accolade of the Game of the Year. The first one was in Week 11, and it was the single season week point record from Let Russ Cook, who took down Team Uninspired Youth who I think you guys were jousting for the top of the Godoba or Chipotle division at that time. But you come in yeah. and you win 208 to 127. Good Lord. We had uh, we actually had kind of a twofer, but it was kind of the unthinkable happened and it happened. Tim, cover your ears. Uh, the, first, <laughs> the first one of these was week 14 when Country Roads take Mahomes. He was on like a seven-game losing streak or something like that. Defeats the Mixon administration 122 to 104, virtually knocking Tim out of the playoffs because the other nominee was also in week 14. Cooking up more defeats Super Camario 188 to 142. 
that was a shootout and not what Tim wanted to see. Obviously, the reaction of the league as those games were happening was just unbelievable. We could not believe our eyes. Um, Tim is no no stranger to heartbreak. But uh, And then we had the playoff semifinal was also heartbreak where Mount Passmore defeated your boy, Team Fairlife, by a score of 145 to 144. The Cowboys just had to pull their starters, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was tough. Uh, I, I personally voted for the playoff semifinal. Um, I remember I didn't make a big deal of it at the time just because I was very sad. Yeah, <laughs> It wasn't quite the, the Tim meltdown, which, of course, won game of the year last year. Do not have to remind ourselves of that one. But uh, did you guys vote differently? No, I I took it for the for the playoff reasoning and for the fact the Cowboys were rolling, and I thought you were going to end up winning by ten fifteen points. Me too. <laughs> I I voted for Tim losing to Hayden. I oh. I just I'm putting myself in Tim's shoes on that, and just the heartbreak he had against Anthony the previous year, and then to go out against the worst team in the league that was on a seven game losing streak. Oh man. I just, I just know that I wouldn't get over that for like a good amount of time. Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. That's helping to get you over it, but uh-huh. I, it's tough. I moved on. It's true. All right. <laughs> well, your winner of game of the year league goes to a second straight year of playoff heartbreak. Your play, your your game of the year league goes to your boy Chris Mitchum and Stephen of Mount Passmore, and your less than a point difference in the playoffs mm. that set Stephen to the this league championship. And I can't even be mad because Aaron also would have baptized me in the championship. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like I could say like I would have won and yada yada. No, Aaron would have just destroyed me. Destroyed me. And as we mentioned, Tim and the Monday Night Football game that will go down in history was the winner of last year's League for Game of the Year. All right. Uh, let's see. We got three more to go before the granddaddy of them all. The next one we got up is the Peacekeeper Award. This award goes to the team that everybody just kind of likes to be around. You know, moves quietly, is kind to most people, Keeps trash talking to a minimum. You know, it's the whole don't attack unless you're getting attacked kind of thing. Um, and the winner of this award should go to the team that resemble these traits but doesn't lack a burning desire to destroy his enemies. And, of course, the nominees this year was Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, Hayden and Country Roads Take Mahomes, Zach and Cooking Up More, and Tim and the Mixon Administration. Um, who do you guys think walks home with this one? I think I voted for Anthony or Hayden. Both have that peacekeeper mentality. Um, and then Anthony just always chimes in at the perfect moments with the perfect thing to say. So, I mean, he gets a little extra perk for that. Yeah, I think this is Anthony to me, clearly. Like, he just uh, is competitive, but doesn't really, you know, whenever he's at least playing me, he's always just, you know, messaging me or we're just talking about the game in general and keeps it pretty – uh pretty positive so i would say anthony 
Yeah, Anthony's the guy that I'll text up and be like, hey, screw you, man. You suck, bro. Your team's ass. He'd be like, oh, stop. I'm like, God, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yell back or something. Um, right. <laughs> no, Anthony is going for two, the second straight year of winning this award. Uh, last year, he beat out Zach by one vote. All right. So um, can he make it two in a row? Your winner of the Peacekeeper Award for the year goes to... Second straight year in a row, the Peacekeeper himself, Anthony, and Team Uninspired Youth. Such a nice guy. Man. If he wins the third year in a row, does he become ineligible and it becomes the Anthony Award? (laughs) The Anthony LaPenza Peacekeeper Memorial Award. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Jeez, Anthony, this is your this is your sign to just just, just be be mean. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to put it. Gosh, all right. Well, congrats, Anthony. Your leaguey is in the mail. We're gonna move on to the Art of the Deal Award. Who is that guy? That's like, hey man, I got a trade for you. Hey bro, you interested in this player? Hey man, I got you know some little text message every day. You can expect it. Who's that guy? Last year, I won this award fairly handedly, and I was slightly offended to win it. <laughs> but this year's nominees, you have Aaron and let Russ Cook, of course, trying to make those trades for the nut. We have Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, which I'm glad that we nominated him because I feel like he was pretty active this year, at least between us two, uh, me and Anthony. He was, I was getting lots of messages from him. Uh, your boy, Team Fairlife, going for the repeat. And, of course, Tim in the Mixon administration, who was very busy in the trade ring this year. I think I voted for Anthony, actually, just because of personal experience. Um, he was sending me a lot of stuff. I'm surprised. We were close to a pretty big blockbuster deal that never happened. But um, I, I went with Anthony. I don't know about you guys. I think I rolled with Tim uh, just because of the amount of trades he executed and uh, I feel like everybody in the league probably had at least one, you know, text string with Tim about a trade at some point. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I picked me because this year, whatever was in the water up here in Westfield just had me trade happy. And I think everybody had at least three or four different text string offers on the table and some as many as weekly just checking in. Hey, just checking just in. Checking in. <laughs> just want to know what where you feeling. So yeah. that that is that is the epitome of the art of the deal award winner. Let's see if you can bring it home. Your winner of the art of the deal award this year goes to. It is Tim. It is the Mixon administration taking home sixty percent of the vote. In second place was Aaron and Let Russ Cook with 20% of the vote. And then me and Anthony, respectively, both got one vote. So, Tim, you must have really been making people's hotline blings this year. Dude, it was exhausting. I don't know if I'm going to win this one next year or not. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking a year off. I spent so many hours talking trades and... 85 to 90 percent of them don't amount to anything but man man oh man man. the ones that do it's such a dopamine hit man trading and trading in fantasy football especially in this league Uh, 
yeah, the trade ring coming on the podcast and everybody's talking about it. Oh man, it's such an adrenaline rush. I know. Like what, how, it's such an, a nervous feeling whenever you press accept and then you're just like waiting for everybody's reaction in the group chat. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no, you don't want to see the, oh, Aaron, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> yep. the embarrassment. I know yeah, the yep. shame you feel. <laughs> Uh, n- not nothing quite like it. That dopamine hit. All right, we got two more awards to go, both podcast related, and we got a prestigious one here. We got a lot of folks that want to win this one, and yes, of course, I'm talking about the podcast guest of the year. The pot, the perfect podcast guest, could truly add another element to truly put an episode over the top, or just you know break the monotonous voices of the usual host, but. Um, we had a lot of great guests this year. Which guests brought the hottest heat for this year's podcast guest of the year award? We have Stephen, let uh, not let Russ cook Mount Passmore owner when he came on for the championship preview. Of course, him and Aaron shared some words during that one. Not safe for work, but that was still great to listen to. We had Anthony on episode twenty-five. Of course, Mister. Uh, it's your boy, Tony Bones Jones himself. I love that part. Uh, we had Zach and Stretch on episode 37 with that big playoff preview. We had Clayton hopping on the pod for the first time, episode 26. And, of course, we had the underdog. No pun intended. Clover was on episode 27. Of course, the first episode she got to join in on the hot mic. I personally voted for Anthony. Uh, I don't know. I guess it kind of goes back to his whole Peacekeeper Award thing. It's just when he's on, he's just like, yeah, bro, Good I totally time. agree with you. I'm going to drop a funny meme here, too. He's just he's just a pleasure to have on the pod. Keeps conversations going, flowing. Um, I love having Anthony on. I, I voted for him, personally. Yeah. I think, I think I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You got it, Tim. I think I put, uh, took Steven in this one. The dude just brings the energy, brings the juice. Podcast guest every time he's on, we know it's going long. We know he's he's going on rants every one now and again. But uh, real quick, I got to sneak in uh, my favorite thing about our podcast that's still ongoing, in my opinion, is this podcast curse. Ooh-wee. I got to shout that out. Every single person that came on during the course of the preseason, the season followed up with a loss. There was the weird double episode of Zach and Stretch, but I mean, the podcast curse 2021 was real. That should have been podcast guest. Dang. <laughs> the, the Grim Reaper. I know. Podcast curse. I know. Aaron, did you go already? I'm sorry. I have not. Uh, I also voted for Anthony. Just because I feel like he's got a radio voice and I don't know, whenever like I think of Anthony with, with that episode, I just feel like if I'm going home from the bars at like two or three in the morning, it's like, I'm, I just get onto like some R and B station that's mixing up songs. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like Anthony would be that smooth guy. Just like now you're listening to R and B mix up on ninety five. Your boy Tony Bones Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, again, thank you for all the podcast guests that hopped on. We genuinely enjoy having you all on. Don, you're just kind of hanging out. You're the only guy that has yet to be on the pod. I don't think really anybody's surprised by that, but 
Hey, hop on, man. Folks need to uh, folks need to hear your voice. All right, but let's do this. Podcast guest of the year. I have the envelope here. Your winner is. It is Anthony. It is Tony Bones Jones on episode twenty-five. Oh, wrong one. Episode twenty-five. Applause for Anthony. Like I said, love having Anthony on, man. Pleasure Chill guy. Pleasure to have on. Congrats, Anthony. Your podcast guest of the year award is in the mail. Last year's winner was Steven. And do you guys remember Steven's big moment last year? Uh, not specifically. I, I, I just know he was. Yeah. <laughs> when we're literally like signing off on the show, the music's playing. We're like, see you guys. See you later. All of a sudden we hear a, go, we ball, we swallow me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I was like, what? <laughs> I this guy in podcast man. Yeah. That episode last year was wild. That was still when we were like having our makeshift audio stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like laying on our couch yelling at our ceiling instead of <laughs> <laughs> talking into a microphone. I'm like, Steven, come a long way. You had to talk oh, into the mic. <laughs> that was during quarantine, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. He was, like, yeah. eating a Cadoba burrito while just, like, Stephen, God. <laughs> All right. Well, we have one more award this year. It is the big one. It is the podcast moment of the year. I should have tracked it. Did we do, we had to do eight, 18 episodes, 17 episodes or something this year. We were We were cranking them out. I think we only missed, like, one week. Yeah, something like that. We were cranking them out, which is tough. So it's a lot of content, a lot of moments. We had six nominees for your podcast moment of the year. Uh, your first one was, of course, Aaron Hunt and Caramel Apple Suckers. <laughs> <laughs> that that was funny. Like if you listen closely, there's some there's some themes where you can hear us laughing in the background. Because somebody does something stupid. That was one of them. That was funny. Uh, your next nominee was Anthony himself and the nice, relaxed, cool intro of episode 28. It's your boy, Tony Bones Jones. Uh, your next nominee was the coming episode. <laughs> uh, you know, was we, the juice. everybody was just mentioning the word coming that episode. And... Uh, we kind of just let it off with the with with the last the last song, so that was awesome. Um, the next one was, of course, the rant episode thirty six, uh, when I just kind of came off came off the hinges a little bit. <laughs> uh, your next one was, of course, the toilet flush bloopers. If you guys still have not heard that, go back. That was so funny. <laughs> go we were, listen. We were tra- <laughs> Episode 35. <laughs> oh, all those nasty sounds. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, and then the last one was, of course, the Aaron and Steven WWE-style pre-championship showdown where Aaron was talking about curb stomping and Steven was talking about having heart and grit. And Well, we all know. I'm white hot, hard. baby. We all I'm know. white hot. Oh, that's right. I remember that. I remember that. So we all know how that turned out. So a lot of good moments. Uh, but only one can win it. Do you guys remember who won this award last year? 
I do I not. I don't. I am looking. Where? Oh, podcast moment of the year. It was uh, gobble me, bobble me, swallow me. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Nice. Yep. That one. Nice. Was, that one last year. So, all right. Well, uh, without further ado, let's do this. The winner will go. We'll take a trip down memory lane and re-listen to that. But your winner of the podcast moment of the year. I'm just gonna play it, and we're gonna go straight into it. Here we go. Tim is also picking Stephen, unfortunately. But you know what, Aaron? You know what? I'm picking me. I'm picking Chris because Team Fairlife has our backs against the wall. That didn't age well. You know what else? I'm honestly so tired of being walked on by Steven. Ever since this podcast started, I've been nothing nice to him. Nothing but nice. You know, ever since one of the first episodes, I said, man, Steven, Mount Passport, that's my number two team. That's my dog. And he's just been nothing but mean to me. He's like the number one chief dogger of me in the group chat. He's telling me to suck it up because he's been dealing injuries too. Bullshit, bro. Tell me when one week you've had fucking six starters. That's what I have, Steven. Six starters out this week. Okay, fine. Oh, I haven't had Michael Thomas. I have a guy whose fucking mental health is shitty, okay? So we're even on that. AJ Brown's out. Okay, Robert Woods is out. Fine, you had Nick Chubb out. Okay, you get him back. Imagine if you had Nick Chubb out, dude. Imagine if you had James Robinson out, bro. Imagine if you had Mike Williams out, bro. Imagine if you had George Kittle out, bro. Then we'd be even. We would be even, dude, okay? Not, not you know, you'd have an advantage. No, we'd be even. And then also, Tim, with the yawning shit, get that shit out of here, dude. Like, Mr. No IR have an ass. Like, no, you guys don't understand what is happening to me this week, okay? And I am going to be so excited, so happy when Marquez Valdez-Scantling just obliterates the Bears for two tutties <laughs> on Sunday Night Football, and it's going to be awesome. And Josh Allen puts up a 40 bomb, and I beat Steven, and I get the bye, and my team is healthy. I get my dogs back, and we go, and I meet you in the championship, Aaron. I'm, I am just so livid at the, at, the, at the feedback I've been getting this week. And everybody's saying, oh, you can't. Oh, you're not that bad. Oh, you're not. Oh, shut up, dude. All right. Yeah, we've all had injuries, but name me one team that has had this this week. Like a a situation like this. Name one. You cannot. So suck a dick. I'm still going to win. I'm still going to win. I'm going to I'm picking myself. I'm getting that by and and that's it. I'm going to win. Steven's going to die. And also, Tim, God, he, he really pissed me off. Like, it's not my fault that your top two receivers just decided to act like poop, and you're gonna probably going to get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Like, see you later, dude. Like, I, I will be coasting the championship. I'm so excited. And, and that's, that's my rant. I, I just had to get that out. Y'all don't know what I'm going through this week, man. I, I'm just, I'm just, I should. All right. <laughs> that was. Where's going, Chris? <laughs> That was the rant. Uh, <laughs> when's, your, when's your podcast moment of the year with 40% of the vote? Uh, two people tied for second place. It was the toilet flush bloopers that I voted for personally. Um, and the coming episode also got two votes. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was on one that week. I remember that. I, I kind of predicted some stuff, right? I predicted that Aaron would be in the championship. I thought you'd make the playoffs, Tim, but that didn't happen. But uh, Sorry. I Sorry, also didn't win that week. Like, I thought I was. So, 
<laughs> Less than a point. Uh, yeah, I think Aaron looked a little, little frightened there, a little frightened there towards the end. So, um, yeah. So I guess my league is in the mail. So uh, I guess I should go on rants more often. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, that was your. 2021-2022 Leagueies Awards Ceremony. Thank you for joining us. Until next year. So next time you're on the pod, hey, remember, you're competing for a league. All right? Next time you make a trade, remember, you're competing for a league. All right? Everything is on the table. And we should be keeping track of this stuff as we go forward. So until next year, I'm Chris with Tim and Aaron signing off from the Leagueies. Stick around, because we're going to sign off here shortly. Nice. You know what, what I just realized? Episode. You know what I just what? realized? We, we skipped a leaguey. Well, that's better than you saying you didn't record the whole thing and we have to do it over again. Oh, that so. would be right. Oh, <laughs> I would have said good bed, night. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we, we forgot to do draft pick of the year league from the rookie draft. Well, bring it bring it back. Bring it back. All right. So I guess we're going to executive decide this one. There were four nominees. You had your boy taking Elijah Moore at 2-3. We had Aaron taking Amon Ross St. Brown at 2-9. We had your boy taking Ramondre Stevenson at 3-3. And we had Hayden taking Pat Fryermuth, Muth, Muth, at three four. I think I'd vote Aaron with Amon Ra. His his end of the season was just nuts, man. And he was doing it with like David Blau and Jared Goff and crap. I think Elijah Moore's a good shout as well. The Muth could be looking at a top ten tight end, but I I think I would vote for Aaron personally there. It's tough for me. I think I lean towards Elijah Moore, though. Just I think he's super explosive, and he could end up easily being at least the number two, if not number one option in New York with Zach Wilson. So I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. I could see that. And, Tim, I I, I could have seen me putting Javante Williams in there at 1-8. I was about to say, I, I think that deserves a shout-out. I, I was elated. When he fell to me at one eight, I think that was a, a trade worthy to, of mentioning. I was pissed, <laughs> but with the end of the year run, I think of all kind of the, the the second round picks, the third round picks, even some of these end of the first round picks. Looking at it, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be nice going forward. I, I I think his expectations have have leapt up. And to get him at the end of round two, I think, is a huge steal. So it took him a little while to get going. But next year, yeah, he could be, you know, wide receiver one. And Detroit, depending on what happens, might be a wide receiver two. But still, at that point in the draft, that's that's a big pickup. He was sexy. All the way down to the name. Amon Ross St. Brown. That's just fun to say. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a dog. All right. Well, uh. Aaron, you won two of the three votes, so congrats on your uh, executive executive decision leaguey for draft pick of the year. I'm in Raw. Put it in the mail. I'm in Raw St. Brown. In the mail. All right. Well, we are going to sign off here. Fantastic episode. Fantastic leagueies. 
Uh, you could keep up with all of that on our social medias. Again, that is this league underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to us on all of the podcast platforms that matter. Spotify, Apple Music, and as always, comment on this. Share us with your friends. Do all that good stuff, but most importantly, yak that like button, baby. Just wreck it. Yeah, curb stomp it. Like just, the snowstorm outside, just take the snowplow to oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's kind of do what the snowstorm did. Have like a layer of ice and then some snow and another layer of ice just, on the like button. Lives. And just ruin lives on the roads. Yeah, just do that to, do that to the like button. <laughs> Just go ahead and take your mouse and gently move it forward to be able to Ooh. click that like button. Ooh, this yeah. is 93.5. I want to click that like button. That's pretty hot. <laughs> can't, can't do it as good as Tony Bones Jones. but hey, Not boy, as good yeah. as Tony Bones Jones. All right. Well, uh, on behalf of the Bengals, and of course, the invite is open again. Tim's house. Um, the Super Bowl. It's happening. It's going down. Joey B is going to bring it home. Quick Super Bowl prediction. Tim, be honest. What's your prediction? I, so, man, I haven't even given this any thought. I've been just living the week and living the dream here. Uh, My gut is going to tell me that we're going to get an Evan McPherson third week in a row walk-off kick. I'm thinking 27-24 Bengals. I was actually thinking the exact same thing. I was I was calling a I was calling a a money mac a money oh. mac uh game winning field goal. My my kind of prediction was um 31-28 Bengals. It's going to be a high scoring one. Aaron I <laughs> I really, really want the Bengals. Oh, to don't be it. that Bring guy! I really, really do. No, Cole takes exposed. But, but if it, my my mind won't allow me to to pick them, I, I'm gonna go with the Rams by a field goal, twenty four twenty one. Hey, that covers. <laughs> that covers. <laughs> All right, at the request of Tim, we got the Bengal boys to write us out. Money Mac. Speaking of the man. From Evan McPherson himself, fifth round pick. Not bad, man. I'm signing out. I'm Chris Mitchum. Love you guys. Peace. Who day? Long get. Game being the Super Bowl.